Well, good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome, whether you're here with us in the hall or whether you're listening online or on the telephone line. It's lovely to have you with us today. You should by now be aware that the service is on a Sunday at 10.45, okay? And you still need to book. You can see there's a couple of spaces today, but not a lot, which is great to see. But please remember just to let Maima know whether you'll be here or not. And the same thing for the Thursday service, okay? Zoom chat is on on a Tuesday at half past 10 still, um, if you'd like to join that. I'm going to give you a wee bit of advance notice. If you don't know already, the road past Sainsbury's car park is going to close a week tomorrow for a week. So if you normally drive along that way, you won't be able to. You'll need to rethink your route a wee bit, okay? As far as I know, it'll be closed both directions. You can still come up in front of the church and get round to the car park that way. But I don't know what's happening about Sainsbury's car park, but my understanding is that it won't be open either. So I'm not sure. Please remember at the end of the service to just keep your distance as you're leaving. Please, I know it's tempting, please don't hang about chatting in the hall. If you want to chat, do so outside, but not right outside the door, please. So leave space to let other people out and you can stand and chat out there. Okay, these are all the intimations, but I'd just like to say, if you haven't heard already, offer congratulations to Stuart. Stuart it became a grandpa this week, and Cara and Thomas had a beautiful baby girl, Darcy Jennifer Elizabeth. I've seen photographs only at this moment, but she is lovely. So our very, very best wishes go to all of them in this new addition to their family. Congratulations, Stuart. Well, good morning. And welcome to worship. It's so good to see the hall so full today now that we've uh, able to take more people and it's reassuring we've still got the masks so I can't uh, see the expression on your face which is maybe at times not a bad thing um, we have a call to worship this morning it's taken from Psalm 66 let all the earth acclaim God sing to the glory of his name come and see what God has done let the sound of his praise be heard. Blessed is God, who has not withdrawn from us his love and care. Our first hymn this morning reminds us that although we are not in the sanctuary, um, this is, is the church. And our first hymn this morning is 522. The church is wherever God's people are praising.
Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we want to ask you to still our hearts and help us to give our minds to worship so that we may listen to what you have to say to us and know your will. As we meet here to worship together, we want to remember all who are joining us online or on the phone line, and also those who are unable to join with us, perhaps because they are unwell or in hospital. Surround us all with your love, Father, but especially any who are feeling lonely or frightened at this time. Thank you for the continuing warm days of summer, which make it more pleasant for us to explore the beautiful area in which we live. May we never take the beauty for granted, but always remember that this is your creation. Thank you for our friends and families, and for all those who have worked to fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. We are pleased that it has now been possible to ease restrictions so that we can once again see family and friends. And we would pray that everyone does so sensibly and safely. We thank you for looking after Nigel and his family during this holiday period. And we pray that Nigel will feel refreshed and renewed eager to return to us next week. All of these things we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Vivian. Our reading this morning is once again taken from the letter to the Ephesians. And today we are reading from uh, chapter 4, verse 25, up to verse 2 of chapter 5. And Moira is going to read for us. No more lying then. Everyone must tell the truth to his fellow believer, because we are all members together in the body of Christ. If you become angry, do not let your anger lead you into sin, and do not stay angry all day. Don't give the devil a chance. The man who used to rob must stop robbing and start working in order to earn an honest, honest living for himself and to be able to help the poor. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. And do not make God's Holy Spirit sad, for the Spirit is God's mark of ownership on you, a guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free. Get rid of all bitterness, passion and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tender-hearted to one another. And forgive one another, as God has forgiven you through Christ. 
Since you are God's dear children, you must try to be like him. Your life must be controlled by love, just as Christ loved us and gave his life for us as a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice that pleases God. Amen. And may God add his blessing to this reading from his word. Thank you, Moira. Um, we continue our worship with our next hymn, which is uh, 251 in CH4, I am the Lord of Sea and Sky.
Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a name that always used to cause me dread, and that name was Ikea. <laughs> I dreaded a visit, and even more, I dreaded having to try to follow the instructions. Um, it, um, I always thought it was um, a little bit like Huckleberry Finn when he was conning people into painting the, the, the fence for him, them to uh, charge you a large amount of money to provide you with all these bits that you put together. However, I found a solution. I let Vivian do it. <laughs> uh, whenever I exited um, Ikea, it used to remind me, it was stacked up to the, the, the high ceiling, it always reminded me a little bit about the, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, however, <clears throat> I had problems with instructions and following them. And this, this section of Ephesians that Moy read for us earlier on is, in a sense, um, a guide, a set of instructions on proper Christian behaviour. Um, an American writer and uh, pastor who also has several posts on YouTube, a man called Alan Parr, and being an American, of course, he spells Alan with an E, and um, he has said that this section of Ephesians is a way of judging how mature a Christian you are. How do you measure up to, against the standards set in this particular passage? But first, uh, a word about how important this letter to the Ephesians is. <clears throat> because Ephesus was a very important city. It was a centre for what we would call now international trade. It was also a centre for the imperial cult. And to explain what that was, the Roman emperors increasingly were trying to portray themselves as gods, people to be worshipped. And uh, there's a whole sermon about that and um, Christ's response to it. But now is not the time. But it was also home to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, namely the, the Temple of Artemis, or as the Romans called it, Diana. Now, the temple brought in an enormous number of visitors, pilgrims, and there was quite a lucrative trade in selling what we would refer to now as souvenirs. You could buy little statues of Diana and so on and so forth. Now, when Paul brought Christianity to Ephesus, it, this didn't go down too well because the, it affected the trade in the temple. And Paul fell foul of these people. He set up the church in Ephesus with others, and then he went off on his travels, and he came back uh, in the mid-50s AD, and he spent three years there. And by the time this letter to the Ephesians was written, uh, and it was written about the early 60s AD, the church appears to be flourishing and appears to be very well run. Now, unlike some of the other epistles, um, this is not a scolding letter. It's not one that's saying you, you're not following correct practices, um, you've allowed pagan influence to come in, um, you are behaving immorally, and so on. No, rather this is one that's designed to uplift and to remind people of the Christian way 
of doing things, and that the Christian's way was different to others. It was saying what it means to live in Christ. And if it was telling the Ephesians what's expected, then it also reminds us. Now going through it, in verse 25, it speaks, it says, speak the truth with his neighbour. It also says to put away falsehood. Now the Greek for that is pseudos. That's where we get the idea of, say, pseudoscience or pseudo-anything. It's fake. It's not real. You've got used nowadays to fake news and so on. But what the uh, letter is referring to, it doesn't mean just don't lie. It also means don't exaggerate things. Don't make false promises. How many times have we made false promises? We've said things that we don't really mean when, yes, I'll need to meet, meet you when you've no intentions of meeting the person, or yes, I'll, uh, I'll phone you back, yes, or whatever. We also are inclined to uh, make excuses when we get caught out in something. Yeah. Are you remembering to phone so Yes, I was just going to do it when you, in fact, you weren't. So we're very good at making excuses. And then it goes on, verse 26 <coughs> is one that needs a bit of explanation. It says, and I'm quoting my, uh, uh, what I'm saying is based on my English Standard Version and the, the good news you'll discover is, is slightly different in some cases. But it says in verse 26, be angry but do not sin. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's all right, it's permissible to be angry. In fact, in some cases, anger is justified. If you think back to Jesus in the, when he cleansed the temple, he was certainly anger, angry, and it was a righteous angerness. But what it's saying here is, Watch out how you express that anger, okay? Don't be aggressive. And that doesn't just mean being angry and using not very nice language and shouting at people and so on. It also means passive anger, like silence or not speaking out. What's the matter? Nothing. <laughs> giving people the cold shoulder. That's a way of expressing anger in a, a not very good way. Now, that verse goes on to say something about the, the devil, and Alan Parr that I mentioned earlier on says, and I quote him, whenever you and someone else are not speaking to each other, the devil is speaking to both of you. The other thing is, it says, don't bear grudges. Christians should always be the peacemakers, even when we feel that we are the party that has been wronged. And then it goes on to say, and this is where I'm quoting my English Standard Version. It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know, the longer it takes to resolve matters, the harder it gets. 
until eventually matters are not resolved. Years ago, I remember a woman saying she was the wife of a policeman. And she said, even if, if we've had an argument or fallen out, whatever, I never let him go out on his shift without sorting it out, because that might be the last time I see him. And it's so true. We should not let the sun go down on our anger. Now, verse 28, again, I'm quoting the English Standard Version, deals with, it puts it as stealing. I know the good news says rob. Well, clearly, Christians should not steal. But that, that verse has a, a, a far deeper meaning to it, if I could explain. It's, it's really all about redemption. What happens when someone becomes a Christian? They give up their selfish, sinful ways, and then it goes on to say, and then share with anyone in need. So what it's doing is it's saying, you know, give up your sinful life. Go, take up Christ, and that will lead you to give to others. It doesn't just mean in money either. Something that occurred to me when I was reading that verse, you know, you can steal perfectly legally. I know of one person, I won't name him, but he's a multimillionaire. He is the head of some 300 and odd companies, uh, most of whom have their headquarters in the Cayman Islands and such. As I say, he's a multimillionaire. At one time in his life, he said that he thought of training for the priesthood. And he is apparently a professing Christian, but he doesn't pay any tax. That's perfectly legal, correct? He hasn't broken any laws, but you question the morality of it. If someone has plenty, but they seem unwilling to share. Verse 29 goes on to deal with how we communicate with people. And I think what it's saying, if I could paraphrase it in a way, we shouldn't ever devalue people put them down, be negative. Years ago, uh, my son was playing in a football team and he and his friends were the, the younger ones in that team. And the older boys were not very nice to them. They shouted at them, they blamed them. Every time they lost a goal, it was one of their fault and so on and so forth. Um, a year or two later, when I was taking a son's football team and both of these younger boys were, were in it, the thing that I always emphasised to them and they took on board is they were there to help one another and to help the ones that were struggling maybe and encourage them. I remember once some of these older boys that had used to, to, to shout at these ones were standing on the sidelines watching them play and they say, how come you didn't play like that when you played with us? And so I gave them the answer. <laughs> I said, because you didn't give them any encouragement. <laughs> and so we should, shouldn't use words of rage, anger, provocation, slander, 
Instead, it says we should express words of grace, forgiveness and love. To quote uh, my English Standard Version again, building up people. It also says um, in, the, in that verse, it says, as fits the occasion. You know, it is possible to say the right thing at the wrong time. We should always be aware of that. Sometimes we should let the situation cool before we speak. Sometimes it's better to be silent than to make things worse. Now, verse 30 focuses on the Holy Spirit as the maker and enabler of community, the source of love and empowerment. And this verse urges us to actively put away all bitterness, wrath, anger, wrangling and slander. And then verse 32 tells us to be kind. My um, grandsons, the uh, daughters too, uh, the older one has a nasty habit of grabbing things from his little brother. And my daughter and ourselves are always telling him that he's not being kind. And I don't know what effect it has. <laughs> but we should be kind to one another, tender-hearted and forgiving. Now, we've got all this, these instructions, if you like, the, uh, telling us how we should speak to one another, what we should do when we feel angry, and so on and so forth, and we've been going through it all. But why should we? Well, it makes the point that Jesus, through Jesus, God has forgiven us. So we should be forgiving. And we should seek to emulate Jesus in his approach. It's very easy to forget that, that Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. Reminded of Jesus' parable when he talks about the, the rich man who, one of his servants, he forgave him a very large debt. He cancelled the debt. And the same servant who'd had his debt cancelled then went out and somebody owed him a, a trifling amount of money and he gets them by the throat and demands the money. And that is the essence of what that passage in Ephesians is saying to us. Through Jesus we are forgiven and we should forgive. And it finishes up the very last verse of that passage in chapter 5 verse 2. And I'll finish on this. It says, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself up for us. So the least we can do is try to, as I say, emulate Jesus and remember to try and behave. I don't know how well I measure up to this criteria. <laughs> I don't know how well you measure up. But that is the instruction. That is the way. The way, the truth, and the light. Let us pray. Father God, let us strive to go closer to what our Lord Jesus Christ was and to heed his words and his actions and to continually strive to be forgiving and caring people. 
And this morning we dedicate these love gifts, these offerings, to be used <coughs> wisely and in good stewardship. This morning we give thanks for the wonders of your creation. We rejoice in the diversity of life. Above all, we give thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ, who dwelt among us and experienced life as one of us. We give thanks for the message of hope he brought and continues to bring. We also give thanks for the gift of the Holy Spirit, through which the possibilities are endless. We pray for those in power, in Westminster, in Edinburgh, and here in North Asia. We pray for our, the leaders. We pray that they are given wisdom, the wisdom to do what is best for all. May they see their lives as one of service and not one of selfishness, party faction, and ambition. We pray for your church worldwide, particularly in those parts where Christians are oppressed. May they feel your presence. We think today of your church here in Scotland. May be, be guided by your word and the Holy Spirit. We pray for ourselves in Kirkgate, and the, the, the day may soon come when we can meet fully in fellowship and resume the activities that mean so much. We pray for those in the world who hunger and thirst, and we pray for the agencies that seek to help them. May we seek to narrow the gap in quality of life throughout the world. Let us remember the sick, whether they be in hospital or at home. We pray for them and for those who care for them. And we pray for those who need long-term care. And we, we also think of the health workers and the carers. May you sustain and uplift them. And we pray for those who are lonely. May they feel your presence. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish uh, with our closing hymn on a fairly, I hope, rousing note. <laughs> and uh, we, um, it is hymn 167, which is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah.
if you're able, would you please stand? And now, go in joy. Go in peace. Go in the love of God. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.